You're listening to the Detroit is Different After Dark Podcast Network. Tune in weekly to the Josh Adams Podcast with comedian Josh Adams for all his takes on what happened this week featuring guests in comedy, music, entertainment, and more. Subscribe, like, and share on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher to the Josh Adams Podcast to hear the jokes and thoughts of Josh Adams. Follow Josh Adams on Instagram. We've got tacos. We've got titties. And and we've we've got got the sauce sauce you want. Tune in to talk about Creep Mouth. The legend of Creep Mouth. The brotherhood of Cunnilingus experts. Mm. Okay. Mouth, fire, motherfucking mouth. (laughs) And Iraqi goon Jesus. We're not going to include what old right here. No, you're not going to include uh, Iraqi Goon Jesus. Oh, Iraqi, Iraqi Goon Jesus. So like, <laughs> and Zodiac Iraqi Zombie. Listen to the Titties and Tacos podcast, dropping flash fried episodes every Taco Tuesday on the Detroit is Different podcast network after dark. Searching for Claire Huxtable is a podcast that is about dating black women from a black man's perspective with Maceo and Way. Listen in for topics like marriage, dating with kids, sex toys, and of course, side chicks. Subscribe, like, and share on Apple iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher to the Searching for Claire Huxtable podcast and don't miss listening. Hey, it's Steph and T, and we're the, the Critical, Critical Crew. Crew. Join us on the Detroit is Different podcast network, After Dark where we talk about all the crazy stuff that happens at work. Make sure you tune in to the Guess What Happened at Work Today podcast on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Tune in every week for our new episodes where we let our hair down and loosen our ties on the Detroit is Different podcast network after dark. All right, we are back in full effect. The Fuck What You Heard podcast. We talking independent music, definitely from a hip-hop perspective. But if you're doing music, you need to be listening to what we're talking about. Today, we're talking about who should be on your team. Sabrina, Uncle P, Kari, all here to deliver that. How you feeling, Uncle P? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's a beautiful day outside, man. It's always a beautiful day if I'm alive. I feel that. I feel that. You sounded like you were uh, coming off of uh, Sunday morning BET. <laughs> Man, I'm coming off of being stuck in I-75 traffic with these signs at every other mile row saying I cheated on my wife. Hilarious. I cheated on my second wife. I, I got to see what, what's going on with that. That was some uh, some dope marketing. Hilarious. Hilarious. Yeah. All right. So, Sabrina, how you feeling? I am amazed, balls. It feels good outside. So anytime we have a a sunny, crisp fall day, I'm good. Okay. All right. Well, we talking something that's very important to anybody in music. We're talking about who should be on your team. Um, and I know like most of the questions we'll ask in most of our shows, everything all depends on what level you at. So we can we can throw that off to the side and we can just kind of get into what we like the most. Who should be on an artist's team? So, Sabrina, I don't know. Should I shoot it to you first? Let's say, okay, because we'll, we'll, we'll start at different levels. If you're starting <laughs> off right off the bat, you're an artist. Sabrina, who should be on your team? Um, well, you're the, 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 the <laughs> you got to show up for you, initially speaking. Um, but I would say even Wait, if. time out, time out. I got I to gotta put a pin in that one. 
because it's a lot of artists that don't show up for themselves. Uncle Peter's <laughs> right, like right. oozing to say something <laughs> right, right here about right. this point. So you should be on your own goddamn team. Yes. All the time. Yes, yeah, on all levels. 24-7. <laughs> you know, you don't get off work with, with yourself. You know, it don't go down like that. And w- all right, so Sabrina, break that down a little bit about being on your own team. What does that mean? I mean, because like a lot of times people are quick to say, I need a manager, I need a manager, because they, I get the feeling that they don't want to do the hard work or the, the leg work to, to even make sure they're up on time to mm-hmm. do things or that they're focused on even setting aside time to write, mm-hmm. um, time to uh, record themselves and, and things like that. But it's just like, for the most part, first starting, you should know um, that it's, you got to, you know, kind of spend time knowing who you want to be, being able to set your own personal goals um, and your, and your goals as an artist of what, where you would like to be, um, um, knowing who's in your market, uh, getting out, networking, connecting the dots, um, um, and just kind of doing your research to know ideally where you want to go and then to be able to set down, you know, those initial steps to get there. Only you can do that. Nobody else can do that for you. So until you at least get to from level one to level two by yourself, you're your team. Okay, I like what you're saying. As an artist, I can say we do have a tool right now of SoundCloud to just look at who's in your market doing the music that you make. And you need to check out and listen to what they're doing. I'm not saying you necessarily need to follow and subscribe to everything that they're doing, but you talk about knowing your market. That's very, very important. You should know who else is in that market. And along with knowing who else is in that market, don't be afraid to message or look them up on Instagram and Twitter to see how often they perform, where they perform, who they work with. So when it comes to the research, the couple things you should be looking for is who else makes music like me, uh, where they perform, what producers they're working with, what DJs they work with, what promoters they work with. You need to find out who else they work with. So now that when you approach that producer, when you approach that studio engineer, when you approach that promoter, you can say, hey, I'm not artist X, but I make music like artist X. What would it take to be on your next show? What would it take to get into your studio? What would it take to get some music by you? When we talk about taking that research, it goes that next step. And that's definitely the time and effort you need to put in if you are your own artist. Um, I, I think one of the things that, that artists really need to put into perspective here, it, it, it's the wild, wild west as far as this industry is now. And artists sit around. I won't say sit around. Artists get stagnant and they wonder why nothing is happening. And they the first to have a chain or a jacket with their record label on it. But you have no idea what the functions of a record label was. Mm-hmm. You know, um, all these things that you need to do as an independent artist you need what the label used to do, that infrastructure. You need to understand the different departments that were in record labels so you can understand how you're, you went from the studio to being a, a, a platinum artist. Um, I, I think so many people forget, you know, that it was, it's a staff behind success. Mm-hmm. That that makes it happen. So that's why it's important what you're talking about this team 
right here. Um, did you finish on management? We, we haven't really talk talked about, about management. management. We're yeah. saying even before you get to a manager, Cry, need you. who are you? You need you. Who are you? Yes. Are you ready? Have, well, first of all, have you determined who you are? Do you have an artist persona? Have you defined that? You know, <laughs> are you going to show up? Are you going to rehearse? You know, <laughs> like you've got to get yourself up to do these things first and foremost. So number one, you are the number one person on your team. But then at the end of the day, coming from a business mind, when you're bringing other people on your team, you've got to know what they're, they're coming to work for you. So you can't just say, hey, I need your help and then fall back. Because that's how you get taken. You get, you know, you've got to be able to to kind of go in with a business mind too to know as you're looking for help, why you need help and the functions that they're supposed to play and how it's all going to work. So educate yourself on those things too, so that when you do set up that min- that meeting with that potential manager or that potential, you know, uh, um, uh, person that's going to come on board to help you with your bookings and stuff like that, what are their roles supposed to be? You know, what really percentage should they be getting of your of your earnings? You know, stuff like that. So do the work. But number one, you're the first person on your team. And as you talk about you're the first person on your team, it's two assets in business. It's time and it's money. So the first thing I think as you decide how to invest, you need to know how much money you're going to invest and how much time you're going to invest. Man, you said a bad word to artists. What do I need money for? Well, I'm just telling you straight up in business, those are the two (laughs) assets. And you need those two assets matter the most. Uh, Though this is, it is not, it's the music business for a reason. The business part is way more important than the music part. It's a lot of talented people at karaoke every, you know, every Thursday night that can sing their ass off. But we'll be at karaoke singing their ass off every Thursday. And there's a lot of artists that get on stages and with packed arenas and probably can't sing a lick, probably don't have much talent. But the business side of it was very solid. So when we think about investing that time and that money, knowing how to budget that time and that money, uh, where you should spend that, that's very important. And money is a very strong leverage tool. I know a lot of artists definitely feel as though others should invest in them, but they need to also be cognizant and aware as we get into level two. Let's talk manager. We should be very aware and understanding of if another person's investing time and money into you, even if they believe in your talent, you need to know what skill sets they bring to the table and what they expect out of this business relationship as well. So let's talk a little bit about managers. Uncle P, what's the role of a manager? Uh, the mo- role of a manager is to manage your business. So that's one of the key things. Like people go to managers and they don't even have anything to manage yet. Mm-hmm. Managers aren't necessarily creators, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's when we get into the levels of the game. When you just got your little nephew and you don't know nothing, you get into that creator mode, you know. Um, and I've seen you, you have managers at all levels. You know, some are great at creating, but they're not great at getting to that next level as far as the relationships that it takes to move you to that next um, step. So it's really about having a total understanding of the game. You know, Mm -hmm. you can't managers get the job done. Mm -hmm. 
And along with that, as you talk about the managers, they're managing the business that does exist. And what you have is a commodity, meaning that you as an artist, you're a commodity. What you're making, your music, it sells itself. So like the person that wants to listen to it may buy it. But also your music represents a whole lot of other things and it can hit different markets. It can penetrate in different branding and different things like me as an artist, a whole lot of people that know me as a rapper may or may not even necessarily be so familiar with my songs. I think I got three songs that people may know me for, but it's also been people in my circle that know me as a rapper that know what I do. And they say, oh, man, you like that one positive dude. So we're going to have you speak at this positive <laughs> rally and we'll pay you to perform. I don't know. What do you want? Three hundred, four hundred dollars or whatever I can negotiate. So that those deals that I may get are as much as it's based on the music itself, it's also based on knowing how to leverage those groups of people that are interested in what I have to offer. So if you're an artist, you need to know the music you're making touches different entities and what are those entities that you are touching. Uh, right now, if you're an artist and you talk a whole lot about marijuana, you should be very aware of the green industry that's happening, not just in Detroit, but across the nation. Uh, recently Canada just legalized marijuana. So if you can touch into these different markets and then you can become an ambassador for these different brands, it's other ways to get money than just the direct way of explicitly selling music. But having those commodities in mind, you need to be able to lead your manager and your manager has to see that vision as well. And it needs to make sense. And when we talk about making sense and tying those things together, that's, really kind of where you have to sell yourself to the manager and the manager has to know the value of what you're bringing to the table for them to be able to sell what you do. Because if they're going to create, as Uncle P just talked about, they're creating off of what they perceive will be the most valuable thing for them because most managers are just working for whatever money they've invested back and possibly you know, it should be somewhere between 10 and 15%. So if I'm going to make 15% of something. 15 to 20 Okay, 15 to 20. Hey, okay, let, we can even get into... I, I'm, I'm, I'm artist world, so I'm thinking 10 to 15, but let's say even 20%. Right. For me to put in a lot of time and energy and I'm only getting 20% back, you got to be at least making something where 20% is worth something. If Church. you're only making $50... Church. I don't want 20% of $50. Right. I'm straight on that 10 spot. Right. You know what well, I'm saying? I'll, I'd like to interject here, especially coming from the seat of management. Mm -hmm. Um... Number one, you've got to believe in the artist, producer, um, you know, writer, so on and so forth. Uh, a lot of people are just starting, so they don't necessarily have a proving ground. But, of course, before you even go to a manager, you, you have to have something to manage. So by this time, you have done your groundwork. You have established your name, you know, this, that, and the other. People are coming at you with bookings and stuff, and you need somebody to help Man, you need someone to be good cop, bad cop. You need your quarterback. That's what the manager is. Not only do they kind of take what you have and and shape it and, and run run the plays, but they also have to bring things to the table um, that fit your goal as an artist. Again, they work for you. You don't work for them. And so once you guys have that sit down to determine this is where I want to go, the manager helps you and works with you to establish the right place to get to that goal, to to get to the field goal, right? Mm -hmm. But in the in at the same time, 
um, they they've got to pull their know-how together, their resources together to help you make the play and not necessarily just make a few phone calls. You out here doing all the work. Now they're going to eat at the end of the day. That's mm-hmm. not what you were saying. But I think, you know, there's a lot of people that I've met, especially having worked at uh, Dime, for instance. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, uh, of, of up and coming students who are like, well, I'm managing him or I'm managing her. You know, and and there are students helping other students, other musicians and things like that. But at the end of the day, when you really talk to them, it's a great title. It sounds good, but they really don't know what they're doing. And so um, then they're falling out with their band that they're managing because they have a different level of expectation uh, for for what they thought this person was going to bring to the table. So just be prepared to know that there's give and take. Mm-hmm. Uh, for both parties, and you're both investing in one another, uh, so to say. So it's like a great partnership. It's a marriage. When you get your manager, this is your wife. This is your husband. You know what I mean? You guys are married. Well, let me let me speak on that, too. It, it kind of goes back to your research, too. Yeah. Because if you've researched enough, then you'll know the nooks and crannies. Like, okay, I'm closest related to these seven artists, and these are the things that they're doing. So I may not necessarily be able to get the deal with... Uh, GMC Motors, but we may be able to go to this auto dealership. Exactly. So, like, if you if you have a vision for where you're going, mm-hmm. even if you're starting from scratch and you've done your research, then you can lead a person down a path. Yep. And then you can even pick a manager that's like, okay, well, I already have relationships with some of these brands, some of these ideas. So, it'll be an easier uh, relationship to start. Yeah. And that's more so what I'm saying. So, yep. you need to have an understanding that, you know, the money will be made. Uh, and I do think that oftentimes the manager, because the manager should be managing more than just you, I mean, but they still need to have a commodity exactly. to, to know what what I'm marketing when I'm representing what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. As if all you have to offer is I got some dope music. It's like, OK, who's your audience? Uh, where do they live? And there are, there what are does points- it represent? You know. There are points where the artist may not particularly know how to do all Answer that. that. Mm-hmm. And so if you're reaching out and if someone is especially looking to be a manager and they hear something or see something special, they're willing to take you on. Some people are willing to 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 step to that level to say, look, I see where you are. Let's let's see where you're trying to go. OK, now I'm going to train you along the way. I'll I'll do this research because I believe in you. Um, there are artists that are there are managers who will do that and just say, look, just be an artist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me take this and run this because I know where I can take you. Um, so some artists, they, you know, I hate to say it um, as, as vast as much as information is out here, especially with social media and the net and stuff. But some people just don't have the skill sets to research. They know how to get in. They got a crazy pen game. They've got relationship with studios and stuff like that. But when it comes to the business, they are just rock dumb. And so, you know, it all depends on who you're going after, who's who may be willing to say, you know what, I'll take this on. I'm going to show you. You just follow my lead. I got where you're trying to go. Let me show you in these six months, this is what I can bring to the table. That's what I tell people. When you're doing what you're supposed to do, that manager will come find you. Yeah. Because they see something that they have to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get people ask me all the time in my inbox, and it's like... They get offended. But my question is, what do you have to manage? Yeah. What the fuck you mean what I got to manage? I'm doing shows at the Frog and, you know, this and that. And it's like they don't understand. You know, like we said at the beginning, 
I'm only getting 15% of what you bring in, and we're not bringing in anything right now. Right. You know, so. This is all on the love and yeah. my belief in you, you know, that I'm I'm dedicating these skill sets. And then a manager who has great relationships, he's got to be careful what what mm-hmm. favors he pulls. Right. Because if you don't deliver, oh, now that favor is lost, or these people are kind of looking at this person like side-eyed. It will definitely make it harder on the next person. So uh, when we definitely. think manager, another person that we think in the team that matters a whole lot, I think is DJ personally. So I think a DJ should be somewhere in the mix. And when I say in the team, we can we can describe how how closely related, but you need a person that knows music in the ears. And I think DJs are great because they interact with crowds mm-hmm. and they know how people respond to music. So please talk about that relationship between having a DJ on the team. And when I say on the team, that could be a person that like just a DJ you personally know that you shoot music by or a, or a DJ that comes out and helps, you know, you set up which songs to perform and, and goes over your performance Definitely, you should definitely, 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 definitely. A, a DJ has the type of relationships that you need. Um, we are a close band of brothers, you know, for the most part. And having a DJ on your team can can make the process go that much faster because we communicate. You know, we talk about what's hot. Um, a DJ can really help you fine tune who your audience is. And who we need to be shooting for. Um, a DJ can help you say, okay, I see that you're this kind of art artist. Um, we can fit in this kind of lane if we might be able to pair this type of production with what it is that you're doing. Like, you, you got some hot stuff, but you got hip-hop beats. But you sound like you a strip club rapper. Let me bring you over to my man over here to make these strip club beats. You know, so it's another person that helps connect the dots for you. And then also DJs, as we know, still have a pulse on breaking records. You know, for the most part. Yeah, they still have a pulse on breaking records, I think. For uh, for the most part, the ones that um have reinvented themselves. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of us that's still stuck in the Stone Age, mm-hmm. and um, we we got to reinvent ourselves. But you get that right, DJ, that's, that, that wants to work, mm-hmm. that's not just content with being in one place all the time. You got you a winner on your squad. Okay. All right. You have anything to add on the DJ? Well, I would say DJ is definitely a great supplement, but when it comes to your manager, they should be able to have good ears to be able to... You know, your manager and your producer. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A manager, a good manager is already going to know what's popping in the streets. They're going to know uh, which lane you need to be in and that you're going to flourish in because they're first and foremost helping to guide you in that lane. Um, they're going to be able to listen to a track and be like, you know what? Mm, for this record, we're going for this field. This sounds more like this. Let's, let's keep going through the patch. You know what I mean? DJ is a great supplement to that to kind of... Well, yeah, I think that's what we're talking about, the supplements, yeah. um, the other team people that's, that's needed. So, yeah, I feel that. I think, I think now um, 
having a creative director. Okay. And when you say that creative director, I was just about to go into, because uh, visual is so important. So visual is everything. Photos and videos. Video. video Help you with your content. Yeah. That, that is imperative now because so much of our exposure comes in 60-second clips, you know, through social media and things like that. So you definitely have to have someone creative that um that is able to bring that message in an entertaining way, you okay. know. Um and that's a job all in in itself. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a lot of artists have the idea of what they want, but having someone on that team to execute those things is is dire or you you prehistoric if if you don't have that. And it's so imperative, I think now um more than ever and and again that was a role that the label used to play you didn't worry about that they had creative directors and i think that's something that's missing from a lot of these independent artists um you got so many creative people with cameras video cameras with you know laptops with graphics and all that stuff man you you got to keep feeding your fan base new material whether it's music, whether it's new images, whether it's just new funny videos of them being able to engage with you. And when we talk about that, like content creation, so you just say that all goes under the creative direction because that could be a videographer, a photographer, that could be a graphic design artist, that could be a social media aggregator. Well, I don't know if I would put the social, well, the aggregator, yeah. Um But I almost think a social media and that strategic marketing person um, is important, too. And they're not necessarily always the creative Mm -hmm. person, but they understand, you know, social media and how to gain an impact with what you're doing. So, yeah, I mean, those two work hand in hand. I, I don't know if I would put them in the same person. What do you think? What y'all think? Well, some people, um, I, I, I agree with you. I think they, because social media in and of itself, coming up with your plan, that's a full-time job. Right. Being able to take the content that the, you know, con- your brand person yeah. is creating and then put a plan, you know, work in conjunction with that person, but then they're off to the races doing that monitoring the plan looking at it breathe adjusting on the fly yeah you know but for a lot of people you know some people are not uh, willing to come on to to volunteer or to to see the dream they want to get paid right so really uh for a lot of smaller teams their 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 brand their creative person is their social media person you know what i mean uh you got to crawl before you can walk so you know, there is a way for that one person to do them both. But uh, the the key is definitely being able to come up with some really engaging content and to be able to tell your story appropriately, visually um, out there is very important. So definitely somebody to have on the squad. Okay. And when we think of other people needed, legal. Definitely. Um. I would say somebody that understands the publishing game, you know, is imperative because mm-hmm. so much, you know, we've gotten away from uh, the actual record sale. 
for the most part. You know, this is a publishing game um, big time now. And if you don't understand that publishing game, you don't know what kind of money you got coming in. You don't even know what kind of money you may be missing mm-hmm. if you don't don't have that type of person on your team. Yeah, and you definitely, I mean, for a lot of indies, um, making sure that your songs are registered with your PRO, your performance rights organization with Sound Exchange, that you've got all your splits, you know, all that kind of stuff, your administration. Um, a lot of that is hap- a lot of that takes place with the business manager, but someone who can definitely stay on top of your royalties and your publishing is definitely important. For me, I had to learn. So as business manager, that was me working in conjunction with the publisher that we had our deal through. A lot of people don't get publishing deals. So um, as an indie, you definitely want to have someone who's, who's very knowledgeable in that, in that and to be able to keep up with that. Okay. And other than that, who else may be needed on the team? Booking a book, someone to contact, you know, or that, that can handle your booking because your bookings, because once you really um, make your name and, and you've got, you know, you've got great things happening and people are now starting to come to you to do opening position, you know, opening opportunities or, you know, promoters are starting to reach out. It's great. At that point, now you've got a little something for a booking agent to work with. And these are the people that are going to really take that. And that, again, that can be a full time thing. Really researching uh, the markets, uh, key markets that make sense, you know, for you. Not everything happens, has to happen in your own backyard. If uh, with the net, things are worldwide now. So a good booking agent will be able to take your stories for for the shows that you're doing locally and be able to translate those things and connect the dots to other markets. And someone who has great relationships with, you know, small level, mid-level venues up until the, the larger venues that you may eventually grow into. But to be able to have somebody on speed dial for when it's time for that to focus on getting you out there and shows that is somebody that's very important to have uh, on standby as a good booking agent. Okay. And I purposely didn't kind of really get into the producer and the engineer as I feel like that, those are like kind of natural Given. steps. Mm-hmm. But uh, when it comes to selecting the producers and the engineer uh, as an artist, I think you should work with really on all levels. Uh, working with people that uh, that are pleasant to be around and that you uh, definitely can have a good vibe with. Um, I know I'm a person that's, you know, I, I'll drink, but I don't smoke. So, like, if any session or studio I would go into, I would generally record myself. But if I go into other studios because I want that other vibe, I don't want to be in a studio where a bunch of people smoking weed and random people I don't know are there. So it kind of has to match whoever that engineer is and what the feel of their studio is. Right. But whatever your vibe and your feel is the best creativity I think should match the engineer in the setting. And you should be able to bring that to your session so that you can get the best performance out that you need. And I also do like producers that have visions of where they see the music going. So I like being in the studio with the producer as well when I'm working. That's me and my creative process. You know what? That's so crazy. That And that's that's almost considered old school now. I know. Because a lot of these younger artists, man, email me. What I got to come to the studio for? Just send it to me. Send the track. You know, and it's 
it's really effed up the process of everything. That's why we got so much microwave stuff out here right now, because the producer and the artist are not getting together and developing a sound for that artist. And, and that's why we, we where, where we at right now, man. And, and we need to get back to people getting together and creating, man. The internet can connect us and have us mm-hmm. talking, but you still need that organic touch yeah, on things. I, I like, I like the producer being there and you know, the process takes a while sometimes. Like, I, I mean, I'm definitely, you know, as a rapper, certain things, like I don't like punching in, you know, I'm old school like that, but, but, uh, but it may take a while to record a song. Right. And being prepared for it to take a while. Uh, it's not performance-based. Uh, I think the studio is for that. The studio is for the studio. So you you get it right there. That's the, you know, that's the 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 ground floor where you can work it out. I mean, I may scratch vocal a song six, seven times before I finally record the song how I want it and get my breath right, get uh get the timing right and hear out things that I generally wasn't hearing. So I sit with music for a while uh, on that performance and then definitely want that producer there and we work it out. You know, that, I'm big on that. When I was engineering a lot of times and I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, the one thing that I hated most is people coming in reading mm-hmm. their lyrics mm-hmm. because as an engineer, I can't even help you really guide you if you don't know what it is that you're saying. And most of the time, you can tell when a person is reading. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it gets bad. What, what I find is, you know, a lot of times I let them come in. Let's do a scratch track. Get your ideas. Yes. Work this out. Yeah. Take this back home. Listen to it. Live with it. Then come back. I send it to the producer so they hear what you're doing, too. I'm hoping y'all to get together, communicate. And y'all both come back together because I feel like the producer normally doesn't necessarily want to be in with the scratch track and that stuff. I think the producer and the artist should get together at the creation of tracks, yes. you know, and, and then yeah. artist works on their part. Then that producer comes back in to make sure the whole entire thing sounds right. Now, a lot of producers, you know, some like to have a hand in the mix down of their records and Mm. and then you know some like to just have other people that they trust to do that aspect of things too but having a a place that's going to give you an industry sound and and let me say this because so much stuff has changed in the mp3 era and everything like as much as the industry sound you need to know back to knowing your audience and knowing the feel that you're going for like um my last project was very it was very airy on purpose like i didn't want the drums and the like 808 feel throughout the 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 project because it was like it purposefully built like that mm-hmm. you know what i mean right. i was like yo i want this to be in the vein of you know cleaning the house on sunday Right, you know what I'm right. saying? Music. The mood, exactly. And that was my vision. So you need to have a vision for where you're going and also like how it will be consumed. Because if you're, I, I, 
as an artist, having an understanding for how your music will be consumed will change the way you listen to it and where you listen to it and also how people consume that said music. It, right. it really gives the creative, it, it kind of is the inception for that creative vision, you know? Yeah. I mean, because for a minute, it seemed like the whole world was listening to music on earbuds. Yeah. And that, you know, and, and, and the earbud experience. Right. Is a different experience than like if you have music built for people for for fifteens in the trunk. Exactly. You know what I mean. Exactly. If you have music built for uh built for like the dance hall is like dance hall reggae. Right. You know. Right. Right. You or heavy it, metal. You yeah, know. Or heavy just... metal. Like like the experience and how people mm. listen to it has a whole lot to do with how I'm gonna mix it and knowing that interpretation of where they're gonna be at. Right. You know. So um, it it it's a it's a dance that you're that that you're that you're playing with, and and definitely that realm of how people listen to sound just based on how an MP3 is mixed and cut, uh, especially through like some earbuds. And right now, it's also coming through another signal through Bluetooth through most mm-hmm. people. So like the way people are hearing sound, and I know I'm sounding like a real physics audio nerd of how music is sounding, but it 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 lends itself. For certain frequencies differently than like the music of like uh, the presence is not yeah, the same. So like if you're going for like that D'Angelo brown sugar feel, right? In today's era, in our our mixing based on that era and saying like, yo, this is the best engineer because he do all of their stuff, right? You're not gonna get that feel of that that earthy, airy, warmth sound because that's not generally how people are going to consume it. Right, 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 You know, right. and D'Angelo's last album is a classic example of a lot of people like, man, the mix sounds horrible. And I'm like, okay, well, clearly when D'Angelo and, uh, man, my mind just went blank. Uh, you know, the the drummer from The Roots. Uh, Quest. Quest Love worked on this project. It, it was a different, the reasoning behind how they made it was not necessarily for you to consume the music on your way. We still have stereo systems. Yeah, we still had 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 the the rack mount. Yeah, so, it, you know yeah. EQs and all that stuff. Yeah, we was yeah, getting into that man. Is some is some music for that? Hey, mm-hmm. nobody said publicist. A publicist, a publicist, a publicist, and we in overtime, but we do need to address this PR publicist. Uh, first off, public relations. Your your publicist. This it's. Oh man, that's a dirty game now, bro. It is a very tough. Um, as an artist, we should all speak on this. But as an artist, I think it kind of is back to like what you said about the manager, um, your publicist and your PR people. And I've paid people, and I feel like they've dropped the ball. And then I've seen people volunteer, and they kick ass. So like, it has to be somebody that has a a, a vested creative. Like they have to have a vested interest into the creativity as well, I mm-hmm. think, for them to be successful for it. And they also need to look at whatever opportunity they're given working with whatever you're working on and, and see steps moving forward from there. Meaning they should find you and they should be connected to your music beyond just thinking to yourself like, oh, man, you the man. Right, and, uh, and I can get put on by saying I work with you. Right, they should be passionate about 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 what you bring to the table. Um, Sabrina and I, and I have had our nightmares with yeah. those type of situations. Oh shit! 
Yeah. I'm sure everybody has. You know, that's one of the, that's one of the big places where people get to. Um, I mean, it, it, it's hey, it is one of those things. You know, but but let me ask you this: with the industry being so spread out the way it is now, like how effective are? I mean, Sab, how many great publicists? Are there now? Like, has that game changed? No. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, it has changed a bit. But, you know, depending on the level that you're trying to go, if you have built up a name, and for instance, let's look at Royce. Royce has been on The Ellen Show. Royce has been on Jimmy Kimmel. You know what I mean? Royce is still indie major. A great publicist helped. Right. Um, um, but sometimes trying to get through certain doors, they're not going to talk to you if you don't have a publicist that they have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. Um, so there is still a place for that. Um, and then, um, a lot of bloggers still particularly prefer to deal with the publicist because they understand the respect level. They understand how to approach them. They understand, um, what tools to, and they understand when a story is a story. Right. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, there's still there's still a place for publicists, but the roles have changed. They're not necessarily only dealing with the the bigger publications. They are getting it where they can. Right. I think I think the what's changed is also like what that market is. It's weird because so much of this business through social media has even led to different people have different niches in those it's, games. It's so, so kind of technically now. like if I'm if I'm an artist in the in the mind of uh, ICP Esham and uh, I don't know uh Tech Nine, then the publicist I should work with may be a great publicist for, you know, uh Jeezy. Yeah, Jeezy or, or Quavo or whatever, but that may not be the publicist I need right. because those relationships and Are how different. they work those markets and then penetrating and then having an understanding of, I mean, in, in, th- in what we're doing right now as podcasting has really changed a lot of the game in YouTube, but podcasting especially. Like you get on the right podcast with the right interview. I mean, you know, and it can yeah. open up doors right. as we've seen the flourishing of Joe Budden's career again. And he's not even rapping anymore. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. And certain artists be able to go there, but you got to be the right artist even to do that. You can't just be like, damn, you know, uh, you know, it's not like, oh, if I go on Arsenio and I do Arsenio, I'm the shit. Right. It, it ain't that era no more. So, uh, knowing where your audience is in different rich pockets uh, and that publicist having the understanding of really getting off their ass too and not just sitting on whatever connections they have and probably even doing something themselves. As you talk about the bloggers, the podcasters, the YouTube tastemakers, like tastemakers nowadays, it could just be people not, you know, with the Instagram stories, you know what I'm saying? And knowing yeah. that like you being in the Instagram story, could change the the you know that could be where your audience is and that's where you right. need to go but that takes a very creative person on the pulse of different industries so i really do think more so than ever rich matters more than reach meaning if you're a publicist you should almost be reaching out to who that artist that's in your market is and vice versa as opposed to saying like 
you know, oh, this is Mariah Carey. I want to work with Mariah Carey. But if you ain't really in that Mariah Carey circle, it almost will hurt you more mm. to reach out and be in that Mariah Carey circle, not turning down the money. But you know what I mean? Like, that's really where the industry is right now. Right. right. And then the publicist that I'm also like, even one of my best friends, I should say, is one of the top publicists um, um, in the in the region, but actually in the country for independent music, mainly indie rock. Right. And alternative. But I mean, she is not only pitching playlisters for her Mm -hmm. artists, um, she is pitching brands, Mm -hmm. you know, anything to help get the story. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's actually pitching uh, Internet radio Mm. and college radio. So like she's top to bottom. She knows that, yo, it's a good indie rock scene at Bowling Green so we need to get down there and that's exactly. who that's who I'm talking about you should be that type of person not just look these are seven people I know and this worked for everybody else so it should work for you right. it should not be that type of plan yep yep it and I'll specific give specific to the artist I give my hats off to several of the indie artists that I've had the pleasure of meeting because they're doing all this on their own it's not hard you just got to put in the time that's back to that research, research, yeah. research. As we wrap up, uh, Sabrina started it off. Research, research, research is the most important thing is you add people to your team and then what you should be doing. Well, it starts with the talent. <laughs> research, research, research. Let's I have guess. good talent to start with. We need to we need to have that. That'll be an episode soon because my personal thought process is with the right machine, you could take... Uh, you could take somebody smacking their knee and taking a shit and it'll sell. We see examples yeah, of it every day. That's true. Knee smack shitting. Yeah. It can be true. a multi-platinum hit with the right machine. Yeah. And and the most talented person ever will be on the corner with a cup. <laughs> yeah. Performing their ass. Uh, have you questioning yourself? Do I know what talent is anymore? Knee smack shitting. <laughs> All right, so that's today's app. Hey, I want y'all to drop uh, how people get in contact with you. Uh, at Detroit is different for all of this. Uh, and Detroit is different dot com. Uh, at Belizean Girl, B-E-L-I-Z-E-A-N-G-Y-R-L. Sorry, I need to come up with something easy for y'all. Do you? Ain't nothing easy nowadays. <laughs> Uncle P here. You can follow me at the gram or at Twitter um, at Detroit Rap. Holla at me, DetroitRap.com in the building. All right, peace, peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify. You're listening to the Detroit is Different After Dark Podcast Network.